0: Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, one chapter at a time, and here we are, Isaiah chapter 30. We're making some good progress through Isaiah here, and this time it continues what we saw a couple days ago in Isaiah 29, this oracle of, of judgment, of condemnation. It begins with that word, oh, or woe, or alas. And so there is displeasure being expressed with God's people. And in particular, what's that displeasure about? It's about making an alliance with Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. That's the title that you get in the ESV. And so it's what we've been talking about before, how they were trying to make an alliance with Egypt to protect them against Assyria, just going from the the devil you don't know to the devil you know to try to get an advantage. And so we're getting into that. And there's some really interesting imagery in this one. Um, The thing that jumps out at me (laughs) is the flying fiery serpent. Um, But we can talk about all those things and a few others, some interesting language here and some things that seem to kind of, again, evoke the exodus and the plagues. Today we have joining us to take a look at this very fascinating chapter, we've got Pastor David Fleming, pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, Not a stranger to thy strong word, but the first time we've been doing this together. So good morning. Welcome.
1: Thank you, AJ. Appreciate it. It's a joy to be with you today.
0: So how are you doing, David?
1: Great. We're having our first snowfall here in Grand Rapids, Michigan <laughs> today. Oh buddy.
0: <laughs> just in time for a trick. Or treating.
1: Nearest... Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh well, at least it's pretty, so
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Hopefully it'll it'll still be pretty for you tomorrow and it won't be just like black ice for the children or something like that. Heaven forbid. I don't but... think it's
1: gonna stick around. It'll melt, so oh, I think okay, we're okay. Good, <laughs> good, good, good
0: but yeah, no, very, very different. Yeah, no, it's, it's so different. Yeah. About out here, it's, um, people are kind of complaining that it's like in the fifties in the morning. It's just, it's all relative, but (laughs) yeah, but, but today, yeah, we're looking at Isaiah chapter 30 here. And I I mean, on the one, on the one hand, it's kind of like the same thing that we've been reading about, you know, it kind of, we keep circling around this, this really pivotal moment of, you know the the assyrian siege of jerusalem and you know how how they were going to egypt to try to make an alliance to protect them against uh, assyria and that just made everything worse but i mean the way that that this gets talked about it's just it's just fascinating you you've got um just this language that that's I mean it's kinda it's not necessarily unique, but it's kind of rare, like the mention of the flying the flying fiery serpent or um mentioning of like uh striking with the rod. Um I mean it it's kind of some stuff that just it doesn't happen that often in the old testament as a way of talking about this. Or Rahab, for example. Right. Yeah.
1: It's a great point. And I think I think the uh there's some fascinating parallels with uh, Isaiah 6 and Isaiah fifty two fifty three in here, indeed, mm-hmm. also. And, um, and this, I think for me, really, uh, a very uh, lively concept is uh, verse 17, where it talks about uh, all Israel is going to be reduced down to a single flagstaff or nace, uh, a pole on the hill, which uh, that's the word back in numbers when Moses was to put a serpent on a on a nace on a pole mm. for people to look at and live. I don't <laughs> kind of fascinating yeah. uh use of uh, imagery from from uh, yeah. Exodus and uh and also pointing forward to
0: our Lord. Right. Yeah, well then it's very interesting too, just kinda of with the mention of um seraphs and fiery serpents and Um, You know, well, I mean, you got the mention of the dragon there, Rahab. So, yeah, it is interesting how it seems just to be tying these very, as you were saying, lively images together and the way that it talks about this. So it's 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 an idea historically that we've encountered several times already. But the imagery and the perspective it gives is is a different take. So let's go ahead. It is a little, um, it is a decent, meaty-sized chapter here. We got over 30 verses, so let's get into it. And as we do, would you say a prayer for us and everyone listening? Certainly.
1: Gracious Heavenly Father, who is patient, always longing for the repentant return of His people, that He might forgive and have mercy, We thank you that through your word of warning, you uh, show us how unbelief, false belief, uh, only causes us greater trouble, and trust in you brings us life and peace. Keep us by the work of your Son and the work of your Spirit in true faith in you and in joyful service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well, let's take a look at maybe the first five verses just to get us rolling here. And uh, I mean, it sets the stage and we can kind of read after we read these first five verses, we can kind of ask the question, what what does this have to do with the previous chapter in 29? I I kind of already suggested there's some connections, but we can kind of focus on that after we read the introduction. So here we are, English Standard Version verses one through five of Isaiah chapter 30. Ah, stubborn children, declares the Lord, who carry out a plan but not mine and who make an alliance but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction, to take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation for though his officials are at Zoan and his envoys reach Hanes, everyone comes to shame through a people that cannot profit them that brings neither help nor profit but shame and disgrace all right so i mean it does seem to be just you know very clearly talking about this this sinful Uh, lack of reliance on God and turning to their own ways and and that is that is the language here of you know it's it's interesting how elsewhere in Scripture you have the language of taking refuge and protection in the protection of God or seeking shelter in the shadow of the wings of God right but but here very provocatively it's as if they're making Egypt out to be their God right
1: absolutely and this of course Whenever we choose uh, something to be our God that isn't the true God, whenever we have idolatry, that idolatry has its uh, nasty consequences, because those false gods can't live up to the uh, demands or the desires that we put on them. Um, and that's going to be the case here with with Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, that... Um, and that 's why the lord i mean that 's why the Lord calls us away from idolatry to himself because He actually loves and cares for us and at all right. of these idols they 'll just uh, ruin our
0: life right well and so right and and, and the words here they 'll bring um shame and disgrace, and that 's certainly what what happened um because the the Egyptians were not able to stand up to the Assyrians and um the chariots that they sent up to the region they they did not hold against the Assyrian army and all this stuff with Egypt really just um, made Hezekiah and, well, Ahaz and Hezekiah just wind up with egg on their face and the Assyrians were just even madder at him.
1: Right. Right. You only inflamed your enemies more. And all because this plan doesn't come from the Lord. Right. I mean, he's, <laughs> he, right. he's, he's warned them repeatedly not, not to go this way. Right. Um, but, uh, and their site, this is what made the most sense at the time, which,
0: right? Uh, uh, it, I don't, it, I, don't it know. Is, I was going to say, it's interesting that the, the, the language right is to go down to Egypt. Right. I mean, like literally speaking, they're, they're staying put, they're staying in Judah, but the the language is to, is to, is to go. I mean, that's the language. Like you actually have that verb go down. Like this is the same uh, language of, you know, Joseph going down to Egypt, right. Which, uh, is very ominous way of looking at it, right? As he and as Joseph kept going
1: down into the pits, didn't he? <laughs> right <laughs> from yeah, which right. he got pulled up again and again and again. Um, right. This is, uh, and and of course, even that going down to Egypt isn't going to go well. Uh, um, which that's a later image coming up, where mm-hmm. you're going to be crossing territory where you'll be under attack from just uh, the wild animals alone, right? mm-hmm. and uh, and. And the trouble there
0: so what, what do you think like how does this relate to what we saw before because I Isaiah 29 was wasn't like really so specifically involving Egypt it was I mean it was talking about um, you know like the siege works being raised against Jerusalem and and, and Drew, we, we saw that that play on words um, Ariel about you know on the one hand perhaps being a mighty lion of Judah being reduced to the, the place of slaughter. So it was kind of focusing, like, on the, the siege itself, but here it, it's kind of going and talking about the the Egypt plot side against this. So how, how do these things link together?
1: So, well, when we're up against tough things, we try to find a way out of them. And uh, w- w- what the Lord intends by all this is to, to call us back to himself. Um, I mean, I really think the heart of this this chapter is going to be this uh, 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 verse uh, fifteen, in in returning and rest you'll be saved. Right, so um, mm-hmm. Luther takes that returning as repenting, right, coming back, and and looking to the Lord for the deliverance rather than to our own uh, uh, scheming and plotting.
0: Right right yeah no i i think i think that's right you see some of these connections there's the one in returning to god right because uh, in 29 what what did we see And this is the, the thing that actually got quoted in the new testament right because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me right is what it says in verse 13 of chapter 29. so that idea of you know they're far from god and need to return and then also the other, another connection I think that jumps out at me between these two chapters, and we're going to see this later on in chapter thirty, that there's this mention of uh, what what is it here? It's it's in verse ten. We're going to read that. Um, there there's a connection to not seeing and being deaf and being blind, like we were reading in verse uh, in chapter twenty nine. So, there's a few of these connections where it's the same spiritual condition, and that spiritual condition is played out whether it's in the actual judgment of God, in the punishment of the siege of Jerusalem, or whether it's, um, you know, the plan that they had to try to, you know, prevent the siege in the first place, but it's all rooted in that same um, spirit of idolatry, as you were saying earlier. Right. Yeah,
1: which is—I mean—that's the perennial problem, isn't it, (laughs) for for Israel? Um, They just keep uh, things go well, and they trust themselves. Things go poorly, they trust themselves.
0: Um, Yeah, right, uh, right, vicious. Well, no, and that's, of course, like a very timely theme for Reformation, um, coming up that, you know, I mean, all, all of Luther's theses were all ultimately about what are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your works? Are you trusting in, um, I mean, like the, the things that the, the Pope is putting out there? Are you trusting in the Word of God? I mean, you know, and, and of course, Luther's own explanation about the first commandment, just so key to the, the catechism as a whole. You know what do you fear love and trust in the most and uh, that's um so I mean yeah it, it is indeed as you said the perennial problem here um, and it's, and it's good and
1: it's our problem it, it's our problem in our day too isn't it right that mm-hmm. that, that um, we're, uh we're always trying to figure out how to rescue and deliver ourselves to save mm-hmm. myself instead of letting the Lord do that Um, And so uh, we run to uh, all sorts of things that we fear, love, and trust more than the true God to try to deliver us out of whatever it is we we don't like Mm -hmm. in our life. And instead of just uh, returning to Him and uh, letting Him provide for our our deliverance in life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, And and it's hard because you know I guess someone might ask you know like well hey doesn't god work through means and and maybe maybe god was uh you know going to going to protect them through a different nation maybe maybe god wanted uh, an alliance you know or something like that right um and and i suppose you know hypothetically yeah that god does work through means and he you know i suppose hypothetically could have worked some kind of alliance with egypt but that wasn't the situation in this particular case. And this is where this this is where life gets messy, right? Because in this particular case, I we we saw this earlier in Isaiah. Isaiah was very clear with Judah. No, this is not what God wants. Do not go and make an alliance with Egypt. That's not what's going to get you out of this. Um, in fact, we we know the thing that was going to get them out of this was the angel of the Lord coming and, you know, wiping out the Assyrians and getting them to call off the siege. That's what was going to happen, right? But that, that's just the thing. In every situation, you know, we we have to have our ears open. And when you know the the people who speak for God, um, the people that He sends to speak for Him, um, come out and say, you know, hey, this is this is not the way that God wants you to go, right? I mean, that, that's the thing. You can't come out and say like, well, but but maybe it is, and and like, well, may, maybe maybe God. That's just your opinion, right? Like, or like they were saying to I, Isaiah oh, Isaiah, here he comes, just, you know, so long-winded with all these rules, and, you know, I, I have a connection with God, and I don't have to listen to this Isaiah guy. I mean, that's just the thing. It's just, are, are we going to listen to the Word of God and the people that he sends to to preach it to us?
1: Yeah, beautifully put, and and which isn't that parallel to today, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. where um, the the clear word of our Lord, which is even printed and visible, but as it's proclaimed by those called to proclaim it to us, is uh, dismissed as old-fashioned or unworkable. You know, I mean, God's kingdom always kind of looks like a disaster area, doesn't it? Um, He (laughs) he delivers in uh, kind of these, these crazy ways, which put us at the end of ourselves, so that like Peter, we're the ones drowning and all we could do is cry out, save me. And, um, and there it is, right. That he's, he is there. He's, he's waiting patiently. Um, he wants to help, but right. he's got to get an end of ourselves.
0: Right. Yeah. No, that's, um, yeah, it looks like a, a disaster area that, that reminds me of uh, what we were just talking about in class today I'm, I'm, over, I'm over here at Concordia University Irvine this morning and in our class oh, we were looking at the uh, Heidelberg theses and in Luther's okay. Heidelberg theses he says the works of God always appear unattractive and even evil is, is how he puts it right and that isn't that just so true that um, what God's doing seems like a disaster, as you were saying. It even appears evil, like the opposite of what we would expect from God, right? But he says, nevertheless, the works of God are really eternal merits, you know, despite their appearances. I mean, and isn't that just the paradox at the at the heart of all this?
1: I, and, and I, those Heidelberg theses are so beautiful that uh, uh, that they... Draw us to trust what our Lord says, as opposed to what we see or feel right. no otherwise, right, which is of course the problem here they they won't trust the the Word of God through isaiah's prophet um and so they go and make their own alliance. I would say right. you know i I was reading a commentary where uh, it, it seemed like the commentator had a an axe to grind against modern uh alliances with other nations. Hmm. And uh, that <laughs> I, 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 maybe I misunderstood him, but it seemed that way, like he was going that way. And, and I'm like, you know, that uh, uh, that does not apply to this. Uh, this. This is, you know, God's word was clear that they were not to make an alliance with Egypt. Uh, whether we make an alliance with, uh, oh, I don't know, England in World War II or whatever, that's, as you were pointing out, that's just a matter of, you know, sorting this out the best we can. But when you have a clear word of God— you can't go along with this. Uh, well, then we must obey that. That clear word of Yeah.
0: Code. You know, no, no, that thats that is that that is. I mean, this is. Yeah, it's just where things get messy, right? And it's um, you know, I I remember it wasn't long ago on campus where we had a talk. It was about uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or, or as my brother-in-law would like to point out, Bonhoeffer um right and how mm-hmm. you know he thought it was clear in his circumstance that yeah actually you needed to if you were to follow christ it meant going against hitler um and i think that maybe in hindsight i think a lot of us would probably agree <laughs> but you know at the time you know it, i mean what, what a messy thing you know i mean that people were asking themselves like well hey it's not like you know it says anywhere in the bible specifically like you need to try to assassinate you know adolf hitler right um, and and in fact, there's stuff in the Bible that says you need to submit to the authorities, right? And um, yeah, no, it it is it is challenging to try to live this out and figure out. Okay, you know, w- what are the moves that God you know wants a, a nation to be making, and, and what are the ones that would oppose Him? It's it's um it's terribly difficult, and you know, in the end, we just need to confess our our limitations and our our sinfulness, and ultimately you know as luther was pointing us um we we just need to be humble before god and fear and trust in him above all else and you know pray that he show us show us which way to go um but if you don't have that fear and trust and love of god it's going to be really hard to get anything else right
1: uh, absolutely i um and i think it, and you know Bonhoeffer would i, I mean he 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 did not think this was completely right either, right? I mean,
0: mm, and, he and true.
1: was struggling with it right to the uh, last that's true. moment. Um, that's true. And so he was doing it in repentance. I mean mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. uh, which um our our lives do get kinda of sloppy that way, don't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's but yes yes and, and and trusting as luther was pointing us to ultimately you know trusting in the cross of our lord jesus and and you pointed out already this chapter is directing us in that direction that you know there there's this imagery of of um you know the serpent and the serpent on on a pole um what appears evil ultimately being for salvation right so let, let's take a look here at this short little oracle that there's this turn here in verses 6 and 7 and consider some of this serpentine imagery here. So this is verses six and seven now. An Oracle on the beasts of the Negeb, Through a land of trouble and anguish from where come the lioness and the lion, the adder and the flying fiery serpent. They carry their riches on the backs of donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to a people that cannot profit them. Egypt's help is worthless and empty. Therefore I have called her. Rahab, who sits still? (laughs) All right. So just a couple of like really basic questions. Um, Flying fiery serpent, question mark. And that's not even a fully formed question, but I mean, just, you know, maybe that (laughs) expresses just kind of, if you're reading along, you're like, I didn't think those were real things. Um, And then also this end end bit here, Rahab, you know, what's, what's, hang on, Rahab, isn't that, wasn't that the name of like a woman in Jericho? Like what's, but, Maybe it means something else. So, you know, what are these? Um, what are these things in these? This very short little two verse little uh, bit here. So
1: the uh, the fiery serpent, the flying one. I, um, the the flying seems to refer to its ability to move quickly. Um, but so it's not. I don't think they're actually flying. But but they are. Um, they do remind us of you know Numbers chapter eleven where you have the the serpents attacking the children of Israel mm-hmm. um, who are uh, grumbling about how things were going on the way um, and grumbling against Moses uh, uh, God's servant um, which I I think leads us to this very uh, beautiful uh, I think staff this uh, poll on the. Mountain that's coming Mm -hmm. up in a little bit. Um, I I think they beautifully tie together to point to Christ. But um, so this would be that if uh, if you're bringing all this stuff down to Egypt, you're going to be going through a place where you got all these wild beasts Mm -hmm. that are. This isn't a good trade route. (laughs) Um, And it's not going to go well for you to be giving uh, 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 money to Egypt to protect you. Uh, You're going to be running into all this trouble. and and then you've got uh, this Rahab, which would be sort of this beast, right? It can mean what a uh, like a sea creature or perhaps a dragon. Um, it's supposed to be this very vicious, uh, you know, wonderful thing. Uh, if if it's on your side, right, it would be very helpful to have a dragon fighting for you. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, but it's Rahab who sits still. So this isn't this isn't Rahab uh, the uh, the prostitute that uh, hid the israelite spies um when uh, they're checking out jericho um the what great 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 grandmother of our lord but right. uh, this is uh this is this uh, kind of beast image but it's a beast who you know uh, twiddles its thumbs <laughs> you know is just taking a nap and uh, doing nothing. Kind of like our dog at home, right? You know, right right when you need her to be a guard dog, (laughs) she's sleeping. And when I come home, she's barking ferociously, right? That's
0: (laughs) right. The bark is more vicious than the actual bite that that might actually do anything, (laughs) right? Um, Right, uh, right. Let's talk about that after our break here. We got to take a short little break here, but everyone stick with us. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 30 on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back.
1: dr. Dale Meyer have you heard Concordia Seminary's program word and work and intersection every week you can hear it on kfuo Thursdays at 2 p.m. central time we visit with many interesting guests about how the Word of God applies to their daily vocations and ministries be sure to tune in and may the intersection of word and work be busy on your corner I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. A father is fighting his ex-wife's attempt to transition their seven-year-old son into a girl. This drama was played out in a Texas court. The trial was covered by LifeSite reporter Madeline Jacob, who is my guest on World Lutheran News Digest. Here at this Wednesday at 2.30 and again Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide KFUO. One easy way to share the hope and comfort we have in Christ is through liturgical cards and art. Agnus Dei Liturgical Arts provides that assurance as each card contains a Bible verse meant to bring comfort to the receiver. The cards can be used throughout the year. Agnus Dei Arts' selection of reproductions are also perfect for your home, your pastor, seminary students, or confirmation. AgnusDeiArts.com That's A-G-N-U-S-D-E-I-Arts.com
0: welcome back everybody to thy strong word i'm pastor aj espinosa we're looking at isaiah chapter 30 today this oracle against egypt don't go down to egypt don't go and make this alliance and this plan that is not endorsed by god trust in god and not our own devices here and we're joined today by pastor david fleming pastor of our savior lutheran church in grand rapids michigan where it's already snowing even though it's october and um or or maybe in in michigan it's kind of like well kind of not very surprisingly because it is october but (laughs) oh it's a
1: little unusual in october
0: (laughs) even even up there it is a little bit unusual for the end of october Yeah. yeah yeah um but so we're looking here at this and we're looking at these um you know, these, these serpentine images here, there's a flying a fiery serpent and there's also this, this Rahab. And I wanted to say just a brief word there before we move on, but if you've got a question for us and you know, like, there's something like a flying fiery serpent that jumps out at you. I'm sorry. It's the second time I said that. Um, please do <laughs> give us a call with any questions or comments. If you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850 or everyone, you can also call one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven, 730 2727 or send an email to KFUO at KFUO.org. So yeah, these um th- these interesting um snake dragon type things. I I one thing I was reading, you know, um about the flying the flying fiery serpent. I, I suppose I was reading that um there's actually some people have identified it with like a particular Snake, like, uh, was like, what was it, like a sawback or something like that? But, um, apparently there were some ancient accounts of this snake. And what they said, anyway, is that this thing could jump up off the ground as high as a man's waist, which indeed oh. is terrible. <laughs> know, I know that's just a terrifying thought <laughs> that this snake is just gonna jump at you. And, um, well that thus, right, the flying part not that it flew around with wings per se, um but you can you can certainly get that idea, so it's interesting though right that that that's very um it, it is it is sort of evocative of a of a dragon idea, it is the same word as the the seraphim angels and and Rahab there as as a um, as um you were just saying, brother is is not the Rahab who's related to our Lord Jesus. It's part of the difficulty. There's two different H sounds in Hebrew, and so that Rahab would have been, um, you know, Rahab, but this Rahab is, you know, Rahab, and um, so different, different Rahab. And this is like a, a dragon, not unlike Leviathan. We saw Leviathan a few chapters ago, that, and and Leviathan um, is another way of referring to those, those angels of. Not of God, but of but of evil messengers of evil, the dark forces that are aligned against God and His Word, that are associated with the powers of the world, and so behind, you know, every Assyria there is a Leviathan behind every Egypt there is a Rahab, um, in in that kind of spiritual perspective way of looking at things, and so in this case though, as scary as This Rahab um, is, this image of a a dragon, it's like you were saying, like a dog that barks a big game. It doesn't actually bite, you know, and this is kind of ultimately um, not just an image for the enemies of God's people in a temporal sense or um, even just kind of in a penultimate sense, but ultimately even Satan himself, because of the power and the word of God, is just like a barking dog. is is very scary and noisy and intimidating, but can't actually touch you when you're held in the palm of God's hand.
1: Yeah, he's a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, <laughs> not right. not a lion that actually catches anything
0: unless uh, his roar scares you to him. Right, mm-hmm. but yeah, exactly right, 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 and so there's that. There's that. Um, there's that that line there. Egypt's help is worthless and empty. It, I mean, Egypt is is not powerful. It, it seems to be. It seems to be the you know second superpower of the world at the time. But here's God saying, you know, it's like Rahab who sits still. It's like the big dragon, but it's in a timeout.
1: <laughs> yeah, not of no help to them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I do love your image that this is also. Uh, uh, Satan through, you know, our Lord's work, right? He he he, right. he can't accuse us anymore, right? And it's great.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, right. The idea, like you know, it's it, it, Satan is just. I mean, he's in he's in a timeout. And actually, you get the same language in Job when he's talking about Leviathan. You know, he basically says, yeah, you, you pull out Leviathan, like on a fish hook, and then you basically take it for a walk like a dog. I mean, it's kind of, kind of the, the image, if I can kind of paraphrase a little bit. <laughs> but it's just sort of like, yeah, Satan is sort of God's pet that, um, you know, if you, if you tease the pet and get in its face, I suppose, then it might do some damage to you. But um, really, it just mostly sits in the cage because that's what God has done to it through the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Amen. You. Well, well, let's go ahead and continue here. We got to get through this um, this second half here. I'll go ahead and take a larger portion for us here. If we go 8 through 17 here, but just this continues to develop, um, you know, th- this idea of, of how Israel has really rebelled against God through this act of you know, idolatry, ultimately, by misplacing their trust here. So, here is the next 10 verses here 8 through 17. And now go, write it before them on a tablet and inscribe it in a book, that it may be for the time to come as a witness forever, for they are rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, "Do not see," and to the prophets, "Do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy illusions." Leave the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall, bulging out and about to collapse, whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant, And its breaking is like that of a potter's vessel that is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found with which to take fire from the hearth or to dip it up water from out of the cistern. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning in rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But you were unwilling. And you said, No, we will flee upon horses, therefore you shall flee away, and we will ride upon swift steeds, therefore your pursuers shall be swift. A thousand shall flee at the threat of one, and at the threat of five you shall flee, till you are left like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill." So, very condemning words of law here. You know, God is just saying, you know, here I am, the Holy One of Israel. You know, I I held out, returning and rest to you, but you you instead said you wanted something else. You know, you couldn't you couldn't trust me to provide you rest. You tried to find your rest in the in the machine of war that you built for yourself. So, if that's really what you want, then here it comes,
1: and it's gonna fail you. It's going to fail you terribly that false gods can never live up to their to their uh, billing. And so you you don't want to listen to the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One of Israel's is going to talk anyway. And, and it's a word you're not really going to want to hear. It's not smooth words. Right. Um, I, you know, Pastor, we live in an age where I, People really want to hear smooth words mm-hmm. um, and uh, and we don 't really want to hear the word of the lord and it uh, uh, and th- these are a- appointed words for certainly their time but also for our own lives right. uh, to call us to not despise this word of the Lord and to see that in in returning and in, in uh, back to our Lord and rest in him instead of uh, our busy, frantic. Of attempting to solve everything ourselves by our own power—that's that's where we'll be saved in quietness and trust. Uh, right. Shall be your strength. Um, I, I heard once that this was a, a pretty important theme verse for Martin Luther. Actually, this verse fifteen. Mm. Uh, um, the, uh, and I, boy, you could see it, can't you? That uh, right, um, right. Like he talks about we were drinking our Wittenberg beer while the. The Holy Spirit was busy making the, the Reformation happen. Um, mm-hmm. it's, we just relied on our Lord and his word, and, and he took care of the rest. Yeah. Um, and, but they're not going to do this, and so it's, they're going to collapse. It's going to fall apart, uh, and, and they're going to be running away.
0: Yeah. And of course, you know, just I mean, I mean, that idea of God doing the work while we kind of like just sit still. I mean, that is I mean, that is interesting, right, actually. So the charge against Rahab Egypt is that it's like a uh, Rahab who sits still, right? It can't do anything. Um, but isn't that funny that actually in the end, that's what God wants us to do is just sit still. That's what he told the Israelites when um, he was about to save them through the red sea, right? You, you, you just yep. be still and God's going to get you out of this, right? You know, you just be still, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to do the reformation actually. Right. And even then in our context too, and you know, it's, 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 you know, sometimes I've, I've, I've heard it taught, like it's almost like, you know, God says this and it's like, well, that sounds far too easy. I think that I would rather take a more active and, you know, proactive leadership <laughs> role in this endeavor, right? I mean, <laughs> that's what we're you know, always talking about these days, right? I and mean, you'd be, be proactive leadership, um, you know, at every turn. So, you know, so we go and we take our own way, right? And well, if you don't want the word of the Lord, then you're just going to get the word of, I mean the Assyrians right that's who wound up knocking at their door. um if you don't want the Word of the Lord, then it's not going to be a anything more pleasant word than that, you know, and, and you're you're so right, brother, that we want smooth words, you know we we look at it 's just like what Luther said in the Heidelberg thesis. The words of God seem evil, the words of God are unattractive and unpleasant. we'd rather have something that just seems nicer. You know, more pleasant, more agreeable, something that everyone can kind of not be offended by. Um, But the sad truth is when we abandon the words of God, which are the true words of rest and peace, um, we're not going to get something in the end that's going to bring us peace. We're going to pursue the thing that seems like it's not going to offend anybody but it's going to betray us. It's going to collapse. It's going to be calamitous. It's going to be like a wall that suddenly collapses out of nowhere. It's going to buckle and fail. You can't put that kind of weight on it. Yeah. It's, um, I, you know, I'm
1: sorry. I'm just, there's so many ideas here. Um, I was thinking the, this, instead of relying on our kind of, uh, frenetic busyness yeah. to to rest in our Lord. I, it's It's been striking me how uh, God started the world with, the, it was the evening and then the morning, the first day, that he gives us rest first, and then work comes out of our rest, not the other way around. I mean, I, my whole life I've thought I work and then I get to rest. No, I rest so I can work, right? That's the way the Lord does it. And in fact, Adam and Eve's first full day on earth was uh, the Sabbath day, <laughs> right? They're created on day six, and their first full day is a, a day of rest, right? Here, what's your job? Well, take it easy. Uh, uh, rest in your relationship with me and, and the gifts I have for you. And we just, we don't want to do that. We <laughs> we want to solve all this ourselves. And uh, and that I, I, as a pastor, that's the huge danger as a pastor, right? Instead of letting the Lord work in His Word and and uh, cry out to him and, and my needs. I want to get busy doing stuff.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, yeah, I think that's well put for our age that, yeah, I mean, just, you know, the, the age of busyness, right? Where we're, we're always busy, but are are seldom productive is, is the paradox, right? <laughs> And it's like, you know, every time you try to squeeze that 25th and the 26th hour out of the day, um, it just doesn't work out that way. You end up doing more harm than good, shooting yourself in the foot and all the rest. Like you just need to actually rest if um, if life is actually going to be at all what it was supposed to be. And your point about Genesis is is well taken that I think we talked about this actually, I forget, it was maybe like a week or so ago, but just that idea that, you know, even on the sabbath day god is actually working and preserving his creation that i mean we have rest precisely because he works you know and 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 really ultimately it's his work is is the only work that really matters and 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 sustains and holds all this stuff up when he invites us to work it's like you know asking your three-year-old to help you do something you're you're kind of doing it just so that they have something to do and you can like do something together and it can be like a, a fond memory and a pleasant experience right but it's not because you necessarily need the three year old coloring on your wall in the end right um <laughs> as, as sincere an attempt to help as that may have been um but yeah so god works and then there's and then there's rest as a result right He he does the work of separating day from night and then we can have rest he does the work of um, you know, creating mankind and all the animals, and then there can be rest, and that's the pattern every day that the creation can enjoy rest because of what God does.
1: If if I could add one more thing, I know we're way behind schedule probably here on getting through this chapter. <laughs> go but, ahead. But on, oh, I'll, go ahead. It's fine. Oh, okay. But verse seventeen. I mean, so this earlier God had had promised uh, that. Um, uh, when five of you are going to cause a hundred to run away and then a hundred of you will cause 10,000 to run away. You know, if you just obey me and follow my word and all that, right. I'll take care of defeating all your enemies. Now it's the opposite. It's you guys are going to flee. You're going to be scared to death, right? When one comes after you, a thousand of you are going to weigh the fret of five. You're all going to leave. And then, and, and yet even in the midst of their failure, it, as uh, Norman Nagel would put it, God keeps giving, right? Yeah. And he, He gives, I think, this flagstaff on the top of the mountain, the signal on the hill, I think ultimately, if you think of all Israel reduced to one lonely stick on top of a hill that's lifted up, I I can't help but think of the glory of our Lord in that our Lord is lifted up on the cross to draw all men to himself, Mm -hmm. and that he is all Israel reduced down to one person. So right. he himself takes the punishment for our failing to listen to the word and trust our Lord and have our idolatries. So, I—I I mean, I—it um, yeah. might be an overreach, but I think I see no, the,
0: the, cross- the themes are. Yeah, I think I think that the themes are there that it's this reversal of the Exodus that we've seen before, right? That God like undoes the reversal so that there would be a remnant, a purified remnant, that there would be a, a rarefied few in number um, thing that's left over of his people, you know, and. You know that's you cut down the trees so that there's a stump, but like who is the stump, right? Yeah. And, you, and you make all make all of Israel run away until there's only one left, and well, who's the one who's left, right? And and that's yeah. I mean isn't isn't that just something that like after all of this because it's going to continue, right? We we know after the Assyrians are going to come the Babylonians, and after the the Babylonians we're we're going to get the um, the Seleucids and and the Greeks, right? And after the the Macedonians and the Seleucids is going to come the Romans, and it's like as if you know just how much more can God's people take right well not not much because there's only one left at the end of all of that, right, and he's up there dying, but he does all that so that the Exodus would come to its full fulfillment. God's not actually trying to just reverse the Exodus and send his people into slavery. He's actually trying to finally bring us out of spiritual slavery, slavery to sin, death, and the devil. Which only happens on the cross of Jesus, that signal on a hill, that fulfillment of the seraph on the pole lifted up in the wilderness. So, absolutely, amen. I love love the image. I love the image. I don't think it's too far. But as you were saying, we really should just read the rest of the chapter at this point. So, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's 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 fine to spend some more time dwelling on some of these these richer images here. So let me go ahead and read though, the last half here in Isaiah 30, and we'll still have a little bit of time to kind of, um, uh, just kind of comment on a few of the things, um, that, that stand out. So here's verse 18 to the end. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice Blessed are all those who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself any more, but your eyes shall see your teacher. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, then you will defile your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as unclean things. You will say to them, Be gone! And he will give rain for the seed with which you sow the ground and bread and produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. In that day, your livestock will graze in large pastures and the oxen and the donkeys that work the ground will eat seasoned fodder, which has been winnowed with shovel and fork. And on every lofty mountain and every high hill, there will be brooks running with water in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. Moreover, the, sun, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day when the Lord binds up the brokenness of his people and heals the wounds inflicted by his blow. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from afar, burning with his anger and in thick rising smoke. His lips are full of fury, and his tongue is like a devouring fire. His breath is like an overflowing stream that reaches up to the neck to sift the nations with the sieve of destruction and to place on the jaws of the peoples a bridle that leads astray. You shall have a song in the night when a holy feast is kept in gladness of heart as when one sets out to the sound of the flute to go to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. And the Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard and the descending blow of his arm to be seen in furious anger and a flame of devouring fire with a cloudburst and storm and hailstones. The Assyrians will be terror stricken at the voice of the Lord when he strikes with the rod and every stroke of the appointed staff that the Lord lays on them will be the sound of tambourines and lyres battling with brandished arm. He will fight with them for a burning place has long been prepared indeed for the king it is made ready its pyre made deep and wide with fire and wood in abundance the breath of the lord like a stream of sulphur kindles it so this is just uh i mean just just beautiful imagery and it's it's uh it's gospel it's gospel in all of its terror i mean because (laughs) because i mean this is the thing it's just like you know here's you know we just talked about rahab right well here comes a dragon that's even scarier than rahab it's god himself who comes with his fire and, and his hail and like his storm right and all of this and it's it's pointed squarely at the enemies of god pointed squarely at the assyrians right and as scary a thing as this is, right? It's like it's like Aslan the lion, right? When he's on your side, fighting for you, this is good news. As as, as scary as it all is. Yes, I
1: he the you know the Lord's uh, judgment here is deliverance for His faithful people, um, right. and and we need Him to be an all powerful God uh, to defeat um well the assyrians the what hundred and eighty five thousand he wipes out in in one day with one angel <laughs> right, um right. and uh um and all of the plans of these uh, of well of the Egyptians too they're all burned up it's all gone mm-hmm. um and what what the Lord does is he provides abundantly for for his people. They're going to dwell in Zion in Jerusalem. They're not going to weep anymore. That the, I mean, these beautiful images of his full deliverance, I think, you know, probably partially fulfilled in in the deliverance from the Assyrians, but ultimately in in what our Lord will give on the last day, right? When,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when all the right. them
0: fixed. Uh, yeah, we, we've talked about that, how there's this repetition of the Exodus imagery, and that, like, the original Exodus in Egypt, and then there's, like, this other Kind of exodus that happens from Assyria, then later from Babylonia, and it just kind of keeps getting repeated. And you see it in the cross, and then we wait for it, for the day of the resurrection, as as you were just saying. That's kind of the the pattern of God's salvation, and and in that pattern, you see these little, uh, these these little parallels. Like, isn't it interesting that it says here that. Um, in verse thirty, right, there's going to be a devouring fire and a cloud, verse with a storm and hailstones, right, and then he's God. striking with the rod. You know, that just I can't. And then tambourines and liars. I can't help but think of the original Passover in Exodus, where God's like throwing a hailstorm, the worst one they've ever seen in Egypt, and then you know by the rod of Moses, he just um, brings that flood over pharaoh's army at the red sea and then you got the people of israel celebrating with tambourines um th- their salvation
1: yeah and they're and they're they got the song in the night of you know they yeah. got a feast right the, mm-hmm. the passover and yeah mm-hmm. i mean the imagery is really lush there and uh, uh beautiful as is i think back in verse 18 this fascinating parallel where the lord the lord waits to be gracious. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he wants to be gracious. He's, he's got to do all this other stuff to get our attention, I guess. Right. Um, but but then, and he's there, a God of justice for all who wait for him, which, that, so he waits to be gracious for those who wait. Um, it's a, What a fun little parallel that we yeah, just rest right. waiting for him
0: to do it. Right. Well, and isn't it something too, that as much as God, you know, is going to bring down this heavy arm against the Assyrians, he's doing it all what, so that he can then like, you know, drive us with like a harsh arm? No, it's, it's so that he can be our teacher. And this is striking here in Isaiah thirty as a way of referring to God as your teacher. That's that's not very common in the old testament. This is one of the few spots where it's talked where where it talks about God that way in that very direct way. He is your teacher. And of course, <laughs> wow, you know, when Jesus shows up and they call him teacher right? I mean, that's the fulfillment of it right there. But, like, God does all this stuff so that he can just be our gentle teacher, that voice behind us that's helping us. And when we go the wrong way, he says, no, this way. Come back this way, right? I mean, a gentle teacher guiding us down the path. That's that's what he's doing for us. Um, With all that power, he doesn't, like, drive us or force us, you know. Um, But it's with his gentle voice calling, like the voice of a shepherd. Amen, right? And, uh, you know, you can...
1: You could hear John Tenen here, where yeah. um, you know um, I'm the Good Shepherd, and those who hear my voice, they're following me to life, um, and and this is our teacher who we do get to see, don't isn't it? Um, which uh, at that time they hadn't seen him yet, right? But they will
0: right well and, and 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 I mean, and ultimately you know we we haven 't we 've seen Jesus through the eyes of faith, we've participated in his body and blood in the sacrament, but there will be the day when we see Jesus as face to face in that day of the resurrection, so pointing our hope towards that day, even there like seven hundred b c ish with the yeah. prophet Isaiah, so brother, so good to have you on today and helping us uh, unpack this this imagery today. And uh, helping us to focus on waiting for the Lord. Thank you, brother.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Everybody, Pastor David Fleming, pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, We're going to have Isaiah 31 tomorrow, so join us on Reformation Day, Halloween, uh, All Saints Eve. We thank you for joining us today. We thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Till next time, everyone peace Church,
1: missouri senate office of national mission in cooperation with worldwide kfuo the official broadcast ministry of the lcms your support is vital for this program to continue you can make a gift safe secure and easily online at kfuo.org thank
0: you for listening and supporting
1: by strong word